To be a normal person, that's just not me. I'm writing a journal to keep my feelings hiding. Across the bridge, what would I see? Wanna see it? Dreaming my dreams, miracles, beautiful. Here we go, all the way. Running for my life, it's now used to keep holding back my thoughts. So we'll be wrong if you're Hello, everybody. Hello. This is Anime is for Jerks. My name is Cass. I'm Alex. And this month we are talking about Carol and Tuesday, uh, directed by Shinichiro Watanabe and produced by Bones. Uh, Alex, I know the answer to this question, but our audience may not. Did you like this show? Nope. Neither did I. This is the worst thing we've watched for the podcast by far. Um, it's like not close. Um, I mean, for me, like Penguin Highway also sucked ass, but Penguin Highway, I think, I think even you could admit that Penguin Highway has more merit than this show. Yeah. (laughs) I guess like, like Penguin Highway, not only can you imagine someone liking Penguin Highway, you have no need to imagine someone liking Penguin Highway because I liked Penguin Highway. Carolyn, yeah. I cannot imagine the person who this, sh- who this show is for. I cannot imagine like, a person liking this. Yeah, it's politics are, like, overtly vile. It's boring. Yeah, it could, like, long. the cardinal sin is that it's boring. It's 26 episodes of boring it's so fucking boring oh, wait, holy tw- crap 24 24 episodes sorry yeah, I, I was gonna, see, did i did i did, did, I, did I, miss? I miss two episodes oh no. god oh is there more of this it's 24 episodes of just the worst trash um just boring 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 it's like it, it's to a certain extent it's fun to hate something like it's fun to watch something that's bad in a weird way like uh, i yeah i i definitely got some got some got some uh content out of hating penguin highway in a way that i didn't with this yeah like 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 penguin highway is at the very least bad in a way that is strange and stuff happens in that movie yeah and like like and like we we had a good time trying to parse out why we reacted so differently to it like why i had such a viscerally negative reaction to penguin highway also it's only two hours long and also, it's only two hours long. It is so Whereas, much better to have to watch something you hate for only two hours than to have to watch it for, yeah. like, 12. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so, yeah, my, my, most, my most charitable interpretation is that Netflix just offered Watanabe so much money that he couldn't say no, but, like, he really didn't have any ideas, so he just pawned off onto his, like, Yeah, I mean, he didn't team. write, he only wrote the last episode. <sighs> okay. Uh, but yeah, the entire thing was phoned in, like top to bottom. Yes, it is. Yeah, it's it's totally fucking. Yeah, it's. Part of me doesn't even want to summarize the plot because there kind of is no plot, and they should have just yeah, a plot that's synopsis. The thing. Like, like, like this I is can, this, yeah. like, like okay, like not only is this the same person who made Cowboy Bebop, which is the best anime ever made but like more recently like we know auteurs as they get more money they become 
worse. Like kids on the slope was Keanu. all right. That show's pretty good. Kids, kids on the slope was all right, and that's what I was hoping for. Like with this, which is, and when I recommended it, there is a, but, a just sort of fascinating. There's like an entire like graduate course of material in comparing this show to Kids on the Slope. Seriously, because this, like, this show, it, it like everything that I liked about Kids on the Slope is gone in this show. Kids on the and 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 like it's very telling that this show was an original concept that was come up with by Shinichiro Watanabe and Bones, and Kids on the Slope was based on a manga. Yeah, yeah, you know. Um, so like Watanabe in Kids on the Slope got to do what he's good at, which is directing animation, and not what he's less good at, which is uh, Cowboy Bebop was an original story, wasn't it? I think so. I actually don't know like, what if the he fuck was happened in- there. He was involved in like the story writing. Oh. Um, yeah, because it was written by Keiko Nobumoto, um, oh. who also wrote one. It looks like she wrote one episode, or uh, she wrote one episode of Carol and Tuesday. Which one? Uh, let's see. Oh no, she and she sure wanted to wrote two episodes. He wrote episode twelve and he wrote episode twenty-four. Uh, she wrote episode fifteen, uh, the one where they visit the Desmond, who is just David oh, Bowie. That one fucking sucks. <laughs> yeah, that one was hot uh, garbage. Um, yeah, yeah, that's that's one. That's that's what we're in my notes. I was like, Watanabe, stop being a fucking sex pervert. Uh, but apparently, it's also it's <laughs> maybe not just him. Because uh, uh, like one, yeah, one thing, like one weird thing about Cowboy Bebop is kind of like it's kind of fetishization of like the intersex character mm. uh and oh boy is that turned up to 11 in, yeah in this show Oof. like like it's just like it's treatment of its queer and like gender non-conforming characters is just appalling it's so fucking bad it's a tr- it's oh my fucking it's, god so like in the very first episode so i guess we can we, we there's no need to summarize the plot because there is no plot but there is yeah. we can Carol i guess Tuesday, go through these two girls meet these two girls meet have no interpersonal conflicts and become like highly successful musicians so like pop band yeah so like the thing the thing that this reminded me and like like this show has a very bleak view of what it means to be a musician um and it has a very it's just like it's the exact opposite of um of kids on the slope which i felt was very sort of sort of honest about what it was actually like like what the thing that i kept thinking about when i was watching this show is the the jazz bassist and youtuber adam neely uh last year did a video where he reviewed the film whiplash have you seen whiplash i have not so do you know of whiplash (sighs) no so for you and our audience, Whiplash is a movie from 2016-17. Uh, it was like a big like sort of prestige drama about a uh, jazz, a college jazz drummer and his sort of like abusive relationship with his uh, band director, um, mm-hmm. who is played by J.K. Simmons, naturally. Um, <laughs> he, it, brilliant casting. Um, and so the thing about whiplash is that it's a good movie it is an enjoyable movie and it's done really really well and it explores its themes nicely the problem is it's not a movie about music and it's not a movie about jazz it's a sports movie where the sport is jazz uh-huh. um, and and that's what what adam neely argues in his in his video is that this doesn't resemble what my experience was because he you know it's, it's a movie about going to college to study jazz in new york city he went to college to study jazz in new york city he's like this is nothing like what it was like there because 
that that there's not enough drama in that and nobody in this movie is having fun making music nobody in this movie is enjoying it there's no <laughs> sense that anybody in this movie like of of why any of the people in this movie are even doing any of this when they're so miserable um <laughs> And this, this is, that, hey, that baby, that sounds like ping pong, the animation. <laughs> yeah. This move, this show is a sports anime where the sport is pop music. Is it even a sp- sports anime if there's no struggle? Yeah, I mean, it's, like, the thing is, is that unlike Whiplash, which is it's a just, good sports movie, this isn't, bad even, sports this isn't even a good sports show. But, like, it's telling that, like, their first thought for how to inject drama into this is to put them on like a fucking talent show. <laughs> well, first they put them on Mars. Yes. Okay. <laughs> like, why the fuck are they on Mars? It, okay. Like, I know as the show came to a close, I started to understand why the show was on Mars because I started to understand their like weird allegorical politics. Like, it's there's so many like parts in this show, and they all don't work. Wait. So okay. What? So what are the? What? So why? Why are they on Mars? So like, at a certain point, like halfway through the show, it decides the show decides that it wants to say something important about politics, and so it makes. So like we we it's established early on that Tuesday comes from a rich family, and her hmm. mom is a politician. But that sort of gets dropped for twelve episodes until she's like it's brought back and literally like literally there's a shot of her like delivering a speech and it says <laughs> it says Mars Republican convention in the corner <laughs> holy shit Which yeah it, so like so like it's like ob- her mom she's is like obviously the, like just the, Donald Trump right like uh, except she's Donald, Donald Trump and she looks like Hillary Clinton <laughs> yeah like the politics like aside from the gender politics like the broader politics of this show are just pathetic like yeah it's, she's it's like, like the trump stand-in but she's really just like yeah they have a fucking steve bannon guy who's like manipulating her yeah right she's just a well-meaning mom who's being mis manipulated by this pollster yeah this fucking... uh, and like like once once they get rid of her, his influence she 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 goes back and again to like, a like person. the second half of the show is like a complete like that element just comes in and it's like it's never it winds up being like the main plot of the show is like them trying to stop her mom from being elected president and making and like so they're they're like they're conflating all of these different weird things to like give her this general because like so first off they talk about refugees from earth coming to mars um and of course they're talking about refugees and not immigrants because it simplifies the moral calculus because it's you then you don't have to make like a bold sense and be like no people should just be able to go wherever the fuck they want like borders are bullshit you can just be like oh well these people have a legitimate claim to for asylum (laughs) you know you don't have you can be a a fucking coward like that when you talk about refugees and not immigrants but then they start talking about immigrants as well and they use the term refugee and immigrant interchangeably in a really confusing way and they also keep talking about at the same time revoking a trade agreement with earth which doesn't make any sense and that which is like and they talk about those two things like they're oh, the same it's, thing oh, it's the phantom menace now yeah it's the fucking phantom menace they talk about the trade agreement and they talk about like the refugee thing as though they're the same thing but they're 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 not 
Like, we don't, we don't trade refugees. That's not how this works. Like, I don't buy a shipment of refugees in, like, a shipping container in a minimum quantity of a thousand. What are you talking about? And then, like, at the, like, the 11th hour, they introduce, like, this idea, and they never clarify this. They're like, oh, she has a bill that's gonna, like, introduce restrictions on music, and it's like, what kind of restrictions? Like, what is, what does that mean? Like, any, are any kind of restrictions bad? Like, what, like... Because yeah, then they because they, they, that's when they're trying to smuggle in this weird like police brutality. Yeah, um, because so aspect. yeah, so they they introduce these two. So and early on, they, they and, and this it's character. totally inco- it's totally incoherent because like they they can't decide if the police are like institutionally corrupt or just like a few bad apples. A few bad apples because yeah, they go from like. Or if they're just because ran- like the thing is is that the police brutality stuff starts happening before the election. Which, does, yeah. which, like, it makes sense in re- the real world, but it doesn't make sense in the way that they're justifying it or the way that they talk about it. Like, and, and so, like, the, the, they introduce these two characters. One of them really early on in, like, episode four or five, they introduce this guy named Skip, who is, he doesn't play a really big role uh, in the show. Um, but I, I mean, he drives me crazy because they, uh, the way that they introduce him is they're, like, at this, like, music festival, Carolyn Tuesday, or, like, they're, like, backup performers for, like, a certain guy, for, like, some dude. Um, this is early on in their careers, and then they like they like are trying to avoid the only good character in this whole show, Erdogan. Um, <laughs> God, I I just want a show about him. He's so he's much. Just, ba- he's just he's just a, just such a like a looks like a sad sack scumbag. Yeah, he's just such a goober. Like, uh, but yeah, um, <laughs> um, but they're trying to avoid him because they like went to his house to try to get him to feature them on one of his tracks, and then <laughs> Tuesday like set their song lyrics on fire and set off the sprinkler system in his house. Because he, because well, because he was like, because he, he said, because he, he was being really dismissive. Yeah, he was like, I don't have to hear your song. I know it's garbage. Not, not just that, he took off his clothes and thought they were there to have sex with him. <laughs> uh, and so he didn't do that. <laughs> but that's, but that's not why Tuesday burned, uh, burned the the, the uh, song. Bit, bit of column A, bit of column B. Well, because I don't uh, think that Tuesday was doing that as revenge or was intentionally doing it to set off the sprinkler system. Oh, really? I don't think that. I. I I don't oh, think she's okay. smart enough to do that. <laughs> it's true. She's not very smart. Cause, and, and if if that was her intention, like that's so out of character for her because she never acts in any sort of vindictive or like calculating, a, a calculating way. way at all in any other context. Yeah, I think she true. genuinely that's just, true. this guy told her, you need to take your song lyrics and burn them because they're garbage. And she said, sir, yes, sir. <laughs> uh, so... Yeah, they're trying to avoid Ertekan at the the festival, and so of course they get into the bad part of the festival. Every single time a character of color who's not Carol is introduced, it's they're like, oh, they're scary. Yeah, they then, the, wait, maybe they're not. Yeah, they do the they yeah they do the joke where they like they go they go in, they sneak into this trailer and they look around. And there's a bunch of black people around, and then this big scary black guy comes down and looks at them, and he's in he's out he's not wearing a prison uniform, but his outfit is like it's like a gold prison uniform is what it is, and so he's just this huge scary black guy in a gold prison uniform, and he walks up and he looks really scary, and then it turns out that he's super nice, and then he sings like thundercat because he is thundercat um 
that that that, that drove me crazy because they they walk out on stage and I saw him like pull out like a six string bass and I was like oh he's just Thundercat and then I heard him sing and I was like oh he sounds sounds a lot like Thundercat and then I went to look at the article and he yeah he's singing a voice as Thundercat which is makes no sense because Thundercat has this like super high pitched like squeaky voice. And this guy, his like speaking voice is like way down here. He's like, hello. <laughs> you know, like it, it, and that, that is an ongoing problem in this show is that almost none of the characters have seen voices that sound anything like their speaking voices. Like Skip is probably the most egregious example. Um, but basically everybody it's like uh like fucking fucking peter the fucking nick robinson ass piotr the fucking nick robinson ass that dude is a sex pervert like that dude absolutely like exchanges nudes with his 14 year old fans (laughs) like that is that is what because he just looks like nick robinson like 100 percent. he looks like he looks like a creeper uh and he has this like super high pitched like you know flowy like gay squeaky voice um and then his singing voice he like sings like these like dance funk tracks you know he he actually kind of reminds me of Charlie Puth who Charlie Puth is uh this like squeaky voice loser he did that uh that Marvin Gaye <laughs> song with uh Megan Trainer a few years ago that was an ab- abomination to humanity uh. let's Marvin Gaye and get it on And then a couple years later, he did a really, really great song called Attention, which has this bass line that he does not deserve. But he did a really, really great job with that. Uh, it has, has since been less of a squeaky voice loser, but uh, it's, a, it's, a, it's a similar thing. Uh, and then there are there are a few other like obvious parallels. So like the they meet a rapper named Ezekiel later on, who is I mean visually he's styled sort of on Twenty One Savage. How much money you got a lot? How many problems you got a lot? How many people done doubted a lot? Left you out to rap a lot? How many pray that you flop a lot? How many lawyers you got a lot? And sort of on Lil Uzi Vert. Nigga pull up, think G.I. Joe, man. 762, turn him G.I. Um, he's, vo- he's voiced by Denzel Curry. Uh, or his his like rapping voice is voiced by Denzel Curry, but his and his like life is 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 stolen from Twenty One Savage because he gets arrested. Because in one of the episodes, he the episode after he gets introduced, he gets arrested by Mars Ice and <laughs> deported. Because this show is insane. Um, God. And then there's there's GGK, who is obviously just FKA Twigs. Uh, right. Uh, 
yeah, this show yeah. it has so oh, there's so much. The to show, talk te- about. the show, the show telegraphs its politics at the, in the very first episode when they introduce uh, Carol, who's um, like an immigrant, poss- like possibly um, undocumented from Earth, who um, who knocks, who like stops a poor kid from like shoplifting. And tells him to get a job. Yeah, she and and like that, I will give that the show, that, that that interaction sums up. Yeah, like, I will give the show a politics. small amount of credit because even when uh, Ezekiel gets deported for being here illegally, the show is clearly on his side. Yeah, um, you know, and like so, like the show, like until the very end, I was convinced that the show's heart was in the right place, but it was just really stupid. <laughs> um, you know, there's an old. Uh, <laughs> Uh, there's an old A Softer World comic uh, where the text, I don't, I don't remember what the photo is of, but the text is, uh, when you hear somebody say, I don't see gender, I just see people, what they mean is, my heart's in the right place, but fuck, I'm stupid. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and, and there's, so like, we mentioned that this show takes, we've, we've talked briefly about how this show takes place on Mars and in like the future for some reason, and it's, it is a baffling choice uh, oh right you're trying to explain why you th- why you think it was set on so Mars. like okay so like obviously they they decide that they want to say something important about politics but they're too much cowards to actually set it in the present day and to say something about politics and the thing that they have to say about politics is so dumb because, like, the, the, the thing is, is that politics is always contextual. And so I understand why they were like, oh, the refugees are coming from Earth and going to Mars, because it allows you to put yourself in the position of the refugees from Earth and imagine yourself in that position. Like, I understand, yeah. I, I sort of start to understand, like, the chain of bad decisions that led to <laughs> them making the show. But then they kind of throw all of that out the window with the last two episodes when it stops being about refugees and it stops being about immigration, it stops being about trade, and it starts being about this nebulously described quote-unquote bill presidents don't pass bills i mean the u.s president doesn't pass bills they they i mean they they pass our president passes bills they don't make bills um like this congress that does that but um but no matter like she wants to like pass some sort of nebulous restriction on like musical expression um or 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 like free speech or something like that, and then it suddenly in the last two episodes it becomes an anime about how cancel culture is bad, and like equating that like it's it's so insane because there's a, a completely out of control line. Uh, oh, the Ertigan says like. Oh yeah, arresting yeah. artists is bad, but restricting their freedom of expression is no. It's not Erdogan; it's the journalist guy who says, uh, uh, okay. says arresting musicians is bad, but limiting their freedom of expression is worse. And it's like, is it? <laughs> what? <laughs> doesn't doesn't want? I mean, like, doesn't one follow the other? Like, if because if you're, it, it's such like a brain dead statement because then it, it, it just like it it, it like. It doesn't seem to understand its own politics. It doesn't seem to understand what it's talking about. Because then suddenly, like, there's a scene later on where Skip gets arrested by the police. And, like, he's just walking down the street. And then the cops pull over. And they're like, hey, motherfucker. Uh, and, you know, one of the guys he's with, like, talks shit to the cops. And the cops, like, make him get down on the ground. And it, it's, it is, like, a fairly realistic depiction of, of police violence. But, like, then it, like, 
backfills and it's like, oh yeah, they did this because he wrote a song called Chains about, not about what, like, slavery or, like, racism or anything like that, but he wrote a song called Chains about freedom of expression and the cops just hate freedom of expression. And that's why they harass the two black artists, two of the three black artists in this show is that, is <laughs> because they hate freedom of expression. It has nothing to do with racism. Jeez, yes. Yeah, I, I had checked out sufficiently by this point that I missed, yeah, that, that, that rationale for his arrest. Yeah, and it is uh, just, like, it's so it's yeah it's it's unspeakably bad (laughs) yeah it's it's so awful like it is just like like it sucks to say this but it is just like this is like a ill-informed japanese person's take on american politics like this is what this is this is what this must look like our our shit must look like to them because they don't fucking care Um, yeah like this this is what must look like when americans try to make stuff about any other country yeah uh (laughs) yeah definitely but yeah it's just like it's it is just like oh you should have like maybe read a book before you did this (laughs) show there are some no one ones. did no one did no one did any preparation for yeah this like show. like if you're gonna do because like this is like so so like first and foremost like this show is clearly a show that has wants to say something about specifically american politics um sp- because of like some of the specific stuff that they talk about because a lot of the same points about immigration could be made about the japanese government but they elect not to and instead elect to talk about donald trump because it's easier um yeah. and and they but like they don't bother to do any research or bother to like justify anything and their like negligence in that respect just winds up hurting the most marginalized people that they depict because it is like there is something to be said i think about how this show has the most diverse cast of any show we've watched you know like yeah it's the cast is really diverse and the the um you know, like crowds are really diverse and stuff like that in a way that you usually don't see in anime, which is cool. Until. But they, yeah, until they have these characters open their mouths and it becomes clear they've just never spoken to a black person. Yeah, and like, like, yeah, it's on paper. It's like this show has like more than at least five trans characters. Yeah. Uh, but they're all horrific caricatures. Yeah. <laughs> so. Yeah, like, oh, we can get into that. Okay, so the first one that we're introduced to is Dahlia, is her name? Uh, yeah. Who is and the mom of... Uh, Angela. Angela, who is, like, their... Carol and Tuesday's, like, main rival. Which doesn't make sense, because she performs in a completely different genre for a completely different demographic. And it wouldn't make any sense at all for them to even be spoken about in the same sentence. Um, but... Like and of, but of course, like they have to have a rival, and they have to have like a big, powerful rival who's like represents like the manufactured pop industry because this is a fucking sports anime, you know. Yeah. Um, like she is to this show as fucking bald guy is to ping pong. <laughs> you know, they should have made her bald. Oh. Um. And 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 like, so Dal- Dahlia is like. I mean, she's just a physical embodiment of the joke of like, ha ha, trans woman looks like a man in a dress, mm-hmm. you know, has a real deep voice. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, she's even voiced by a man. Uh-huh. Yeah, like, I don't know how our multiple trans friends who have seen this show 
failed to tell us this? Yeah, it is just like I, I, I am like slightly mad at them. I know I have a couple of friends. We, we have a couple of friends who have seen this show and none of them mentioned, oh, by the way, it's the single most transphobic thing in existence. Um, yeah, and like Dahlia becomes to a certain extent more sympathetic over the course of the story or less overtly villainized because right. like much like in Ping Pong, uh, Angela is not. The other thing that drives me crazy about this show is that everybody is fucking mononymous. Like, they just refer to everybody by their first names, which I think is, like, has something to do with the fact that, like... Except for for Tuesday. Yeah, except for Tuesday. Well, no, they mostly call her Tuesday. Well, she... Well, what do you mean? What do you mean then? Because I mean, like, she has a last name. She, but nobody uses it. Like, Angela has oh, a last yeah. name, but nobody uses it. Her, her, like, like how many? Oh, right, right, right. There right. aren't actually that many. Like, there are a, quite a few mononymous pop stars, but there aren't actually that many. But like, everybody's like, oh, you're Angela, you're Crystal, you know, you're Joshua, oh, right, right, right. you're I Desmond, see. and it's like, well, like, like even like Desmond, it's like, I, well, he's again, named after. Again. He, he, like, they, phoned, they, 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 they phoned it in, down, like... Yeah, can't, can't bother making a last name. Like, Desmond is clearly based on David Bowie, who you will notice has two names. But yeah, so that, that, that judges me nice. But, like, Angela, as, as the show goes on, it becomes clear that she is the way she is, like, because... It's also worth noting that Angela's a way more interesting character than Carol or Tuesday. I'd much rather yeah. watch a show about her, you know? Yeah. Like, she's a, a bitch, but, like, she's at least interesting. Uh, yeah, um, I mean, like, they, they're... they're I, I say, like, treatment of her backstory, I say that lightly because it's very, like, very pet piecemeal what how they actually develop her character but until like, at least Tao they, just they, explains it <laughs> they fucking try at least yeah and... like she has because like the thing that i wanted out of like the urtigan thing and i wrote about this on mastodon is that like what i wanted this show to be was just anime bojack horseman about the music industry you know <laughs> like what it or what it could have been because like all of these like industry like established industry people who were supposed to think are like so much worse because they're so much less authentic than carolyn tuesday are yeah. way more interesting than carolyn tuesday and they make better music <laughs> yeah. you know like yeah, all yeah. of ertigan's music is like, better than carolyn tuesday's music like, all of g- g- give me a show about fl- that that flora woman yeah uh, this, yeah like who, the- who gets this weird little like weird little bit part where she pops in only to be like saviored by Gus and then pieces out again. Yeah. The way that they talk about Flora and the way that they talk about that's, it's so fucked up because, or like, like when, so there's a bit of halfway through in episode 12, Tuesday gets sort of like spirited away by her, by like some, you know, jackbooted thugs hired by her mom well, she, she, her mom just kidnaps her. Yeah, uh, and then takes her back to to her room, and then this whole scene doesn't make any sense. It's the first time there's been any drama in the entire show. There's this person who's like Tuesday is finally facing consequences for what she's done, which is an interesting thing. She t- she you know did something really drastic, and now she has to deal with it. Um, and instead of doing anything that makes sense, so for instance, like there's a bunch of like shots of like. Carol, like, texting Tuesday and Tuesday not replying, Um, (laughs) which, of course, doesn't make any sense. Why wouldn't, like, like, there's no... Yeah, yeah, I remember I specifically made a note there, like, 
why doesn't she text her back? It makes no sense. Um, like she's supposedly like guilt-ridden or yeah, like there's, there's there's zero character motivation for their non-communication. The I only mean, there's reason zero, there's zero character motivation for like they like that's the most insane thing about this show is that like. There, the like the dynamic between Carol and Tuesday, nev undergoes no growth. Oh yeah, the entire it, it doesn't, it doesn't change show. at all. They never they, they, they meet experience inst- only mild click. challenges. They they like they meet instantly click and have and then have no interpersonal problems for yeah. the rest of the show. The closest thing to an interpersonal problem they ever have is like when Tuesday it's, is like bitching when, and whining about being a rich girl and Carol is like, can you shut up? And then she gets kidnapped and then comes back and then Carol apologizes. It, it, yeah, yeah. And then also the part where they all, another um, queer bashing thing where they, where that, that lesbian musician like starts stalking Tuesday and Carol gets like oh, jealous. Yeah. Um, let's not, Let's not even talk about that. I mean, we have to. It's our it's our duty. Okay. Yeah, they have the classic Yandere lesbian who like she tries French, to steal she tries, she steal Tuesday French, from. You know, she's a she's an asshole. Oh yeah, she tries to like steal Tuesday away from Carol, and Tuesday's like, no, I can't. Um, do like two collaborations at once, and then the girl tries to fucking kill Tuesday. She doesn't try uh, like, to kill her, because the, the bomb only... I think she's literally just trying to keep her from performing. Okay, she, yeah. She, like, but she, like... like yeah, she, rec- she gives her, wrecks her hand. Yeah, she, her, like, plants, her, like, a her bomb hand. and burns Tuesday's hand. And, like, throughout that... Whatever episode it is, uh, they're trying to figure out, like, who it's did 11. it. It's like... Uh, it's like... Is it going to be... Like, it keeps... The show keeps being like, oh, you think it's the obvious like shitty one, uh, choice but maybe it's gonna be something else and then no of course it ends up being the obvious shitty choice like the lesbian <laughs> it's in, it's completely bananas how they're like they're like setting up the obvious culprit so and then it turns out to be the obvious culprit yeah they threaten to subvert it and then they don't <laughs> <laughs> yeah they, they don't it's, the only the it's, o- <laughs> it's just incredible yeah the the other there's so much in that episode. So the first note I wrote for that episode was obviously, oh my God, Tuesday, a bomb. <laughs> uh, but like, so they, they then, they like, they're like, oh, we need to still perform on the, on the show. Um, because this, this talent show for some reason is done live, which I've never heard of one of these shows ever being done live. <laughs> um, especially not the recent ones. Like, I, mean, I think American Idol was maybe live, but like the ones now no like the x factor isn't live that's that would be insane um <laughs> well let's do, let's do what Articus has to say on the subject yeah and so so then they're like okay well we're going out to perform and then tuesday makes the the herculean effort to perform despite the fact that she or her hand has just been burning she may never be able to play guitar again she doesn't know at this point and so she decides to perform and they're like oh let's perform this song uh, uh, that we couldn't fit the guitar into, and I was like, "Oh, well, maybe they were doing something interesting with the piano, so that the guitar wouldn't work with it." And then they're just arpeggiating the same two chords the whole fucking time, <laughs> and I'm just like, "What are you talking about? This is the simple. I wrote this song when I was five and didn't know how to play piano. Like how, you know?" And then, but then during the chorus, they switched to playing those same two chords as block chords. 
So, like, it's it's like, like, and I the thing is that I actually did like that song. Um, I just wish that it had. There's another baffling moment because, like, there's so much that I can talk about, like the way that their songs. Because like the 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 probability that an artist that a, a character in the show will have will have a song that is good is like inversely proportional to how important they are. Because Carol and Tuesday's <laughs> songs are all boring. Uh, Angela, who is also very important, her songs are all boring. Whereas like the character, the side characters who never really come up, you know, like uh, like like Piotr and and GGK and um, and Skip, all of their songs are great. Like they all, they're all of their songs. Like they all still every song in the show kind of feels unfinished. Like, it doesn't feel like something oh, I could yeah. actually feel, I could, I would, like, actually hear on the radio, but, like, they're still good, um, and I enjoy listening to them. Uh, but it, it is just, and, like, there's a bit where they, like, they literally, so there, there were two moments when I, when I liked this show. Uh, one of the moments was the moment when they literally were just walking down the streets talking about how they needed a backing band, and they just happened upon, like, three high schoolers jamming out next to the river. Um, and they're their backing band and they're a great backing band and they make their music like really come alive and that performance is like really really good and they never use them again for anything except like the three guys just sort of stand in the back and stomp their feet and clap their hands (laughs) and I'm like why? Clap your hands say yeah what is the point of this of this exercise and then the second moment was so Ertegun he his (laughs) his AI manager runs off with his cryptocurrency uh and that was fu- that was funny oh, that was girl. funny oh, and then Ertegun like loses his house and like has all of his stuff foreclosed on uh and then he writes another song by like st- he goes over to carol tuesday's house and then just like jams <laughs> on their piano for like six hours while carol tuesday watched from behind the couch um and then uh, he goes he goes into he goes in to meet tau and he's like i need somebody to sing in this song can i borrow angela and tau is like no and he's like well you haven't heard the song yet and tau is like okay show it to me now and then he's like do you have a keyboard and Tyler's is like no i can't uh, I, I i don't i don't have a keyboard and urtagun is like oh well then i can't play it and Tyler's like it's not like you to pass up an opportunity to make money and he and he like looks at the floor and then he just starts beatboxing the song and it's the photo it's so good and angela is like looking on in horror and so he beatboxes the song and he's like and then Tyler like, like looks at him and he's like okay you can borrow angela <laughs> Angela's like, what the fuck? And like, that was a window into this show as it could have been if it was about Ertigun and it was just like a <laughs> surreal, like, gag anime. Yeah, so like, uh, the thing um, with the AI, so there are two, there are, there are two, like, scamming AIs in this show. There's Ertigun's manager who, who embezzles his cryptocurrency. And then there's like the the AI director that Carol and Tuesday try to get for their first music video, yes. who just like drinks beer at their house and does does bullshit. He's so those shitty bender. So 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 what I figured out is that the, the, those represent Watanabe just scamming Netflix. <laughs> I you're being way too optimistic and assuming that this is not Watanabe being like finally I can tell the story that I want to tell. <laughs> Uh, he's just, he, he's just fleecing like like that's that's all Watanabe did during the, the show was like hang around and drink beer. Yeah, uh, and he turned into a little round robot. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, also, you you mentioned Tao. We haven't actually mentioned said who that is. Yeah. So yeah, so Tao is like 
Angela's producer, basically. But he's yeah. like he like represents like like the future of the music industry. He he owns this like huge record company, uh, but he doesn't have a single artist signed because all of his songs are are produced and sung by AI. And he just like he's like just like the programmer who makes all the AI work. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that just goes into this just like whole fucking sub shit that this show has going on which is it's like preoccupation with like authenticity and like how ai is ruining music and like you know it's it's this it's such a fucking boomer opinion like it's, it's, this show is like it's such a boomer show because like so all of the episodes are named after songs and of course all the songs came out between like 1960 and 1990 um we haven't uh, even gotten to like the cindy lauper thing oh my god literally in the first episode tuesday like she's like sitting in she's like she runs away from home and she gets in the train and she's like oh it's okay cindy lauper ran away from home and i'm like how do you know who cindy lauper is this is like the yeah, distant like- future it's like her lodestar is fucking Cindy Lauper. Yeah, yeah, which yeah. is is like that's it, it's insane on two levels. One, so like they say that this that this takes place fifty years after colonized after they colonized March, which obviously makes zero fucking sense because they <laughs> have like these massive like Martian cities that look like the arcology from SimCity. Um, <laughs> like it, you obviously can't build that in fifty years. It doesn't make it makes just no sense at all. But even but like even like taking into account like what if they could do that well then it has to be even further into the future how does this 17 year old from like a thousand years from now know who cindy lopper is when 17 year olds who live now in 2020 don't know who cindy lopper is what is, <laughs> is there... so, yes uh, and and then the the, the 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 second level on which that is insane is of course that carolyn tuesday make music that sounds nothing like cindy lopper <laughs> Cindy Lauper was like made like plasticky manufactured 80s pop. Like that's what she did and these guys make boring singer-songwriter piano guitar shit. Like they should be fucking inspired by like fucking Johnny Mitchell or Tori Amos or fucking I I don't know, just anybody. <laughs> like anybody who used a guitar perhaps. <laughs> you know? Like I don't know if Cindy Lauper has ever even seen a guitar. <laughs> It's just such a bizarre choice for a musician for both of these people to admire because it just feels pulled out of a hat. Like it doesn't feel like, yeah, yeah. you know, because they also both admire Crystal, who is this uh, like a fictional singer, uh, and her music also sounds nothing like Carolyn Tuesday's music. You know, and it's like who, like you, the, these two people, like you are the sort of person, like Carol is the sort of person who owns a Nord electric piano and uses only the grand piano setting on it. Which, like, even, so, like, even that, so, like, obviously, that particular Nord piano doesn't exist because Nord doesn't make a piano that folds up in the middle. But, like, it's a future version of that. And I think, based on the controls on it, that it's a Nord piano and not, like, a Nord synth or anything like that. But even just the Mm -hmm. piano has, like, a bunch of sounds on it that aren't the grand piano. It has, like, road sounds and digital piano sounds. You can do, like, Yamaha DX7 stuff, and it's got a bunch of cool effects. Carol doesn't use any of that shit. Carol doesn't touch, doesn't, doesn't even know what the knobs at her piano do. You know, she just plays the fu- she just plays the fucking grand piano sound, and it, it just uh, it like so it's the most boring possible possible thing. And their vision of like what the other like quote unquote manufactured pop music like AI pop music sounds like is also really bleak and dumb because it all just sounds like pop music from five to ten years ago. Yeah, you know, like it's it's, it's, it's the most like 
like backwards facing fu- vision of the future. Yeah, and it's it's like while I was watching this show, um, that same jazz bassist Adam Neely, he who I was talking about earlier with the Whiplash review, he put out a video about working with the like computer art uh, duo Databots to make a like YouTube channel like live stream that just plays an infinite bass solo. Uh, and it's, it's based on like, he basically recorded himself improvising, uh, on his, on his base in the key of E minor for, you know, two hours. And then they use that as a training set for a neural network that just outputs infinite bass solo content. Um, and in his video on it, he talked with the guys from Databots about what it was like making it. And he also made some music based on it. So like took this like neural net thing and it was cool to listen to him hear it and be like oh i can hear where it got that idea but i would never play those notes or i would never play it like that but i know i understand like it sort of sounds like vaguely like something that i would play and then take like he did a thing where he would like took like chunks of the solo and, and looped them and um um like pl- and then improvised with his bass over that one and like added drums to it and stuff like that it was really really cool and it was this really forward-looking like really adventurous vision of like collaboration between ai and musicians and then this show is just like it's just like fucking a fucking sticker that says drum machines have no soul yeah you know? this reminds me of what you what you've what you've said before in like procedural generation in games where like the idea is to create states that you wouldn't have thought of yourself yeah like that's the that's the cool thing about ai is that ai is kind of bad at making things that humans like um and i I also hate the term ai i prefer to be more specific this show uses it all the time so like it's infected my brain and i'm saying it now but like first and first and foremost none of these things are intelligent like they're not they're only one of those words is true they are in fact artificial but they're not intelligent you know they have nothing even remotely approximating intelligence um what they are is neural networks or they're just other i even hate the term machine learning because it's 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 an analogy that implies it's, it's not things learn, that, it's not learning yeah. yeah it's an analogy that implies things that aren't true uh, about these systems so i prefer to be specific about like you know that it is a neural network which it in and of itself is is I mean, a weird and even that like it's like a weird metaphor impl- like makes is, is is drawing a parallel to the brain yeah which yeah. just doesn't it, it doesn't isn't which isn't accurate back it's not backed up by anything um we need a new term yeah so these fucking i mean they're kind of generative art systems is what i would call them more generally yeah uh and that's sort of the thing that's cool about them is that they don't care about what's normal they have no reference frame for what's normal. They only their only reference frame is the data that you feed into them, which gives them some sense of what's normal. But like they process it in a fundamentally different way than humans process it, and so they'll output stuff that makes no sense. And that's cool because as humans, our brains are stuck in these you know patterns where we hear this stuff and we have this very specific way of thinking that leads us to sort of reproducing the same things over and over again but like perhaps slightly different and what these generative art systems can do is they can show us like the fuller possibility space of what's available with anything with visual art with with set with music with anything um and this show is just it instead just uses AI as a stand-in for what it's really criticizing, which is like the manufactured pop music industry, which is a ludicrous criticism to make now, a time when like pop stars have more creative control over their music than at any other time in history. 
you know? Like, yeah. that's been a, the growing trend for over 50 years is musicians getting more and more control of their music from record labels and from producers. And even if they don't self-produce, like, taking more and more, you know, write more and more artists are writing their own songs, or at least being involved in the songwriting process. More and more artists are being involved in production and are involved in constructing their image and are involved in sort of all all aspects of the production process whereas you know like if you were like a motown singer 40 years ago like you know barry gordy gives you a song and you sing it and they put james jamerson on it and don't credit him um you know like it's it's gotten it's it's so different now and especially because of the way that people value authenticity so highly and it is just like such a bizarre time to make this criticism <laughs> you know like 20 yeah. years ago even maybe like if you were like talking about like boy bands or britney spears or these like people who were you know or even like 10 years ago if you were talking about like justin bieber and these other like fully packaged like pop stars by who were basically just like projects of you know managers and producers like max martin or scooter braun like now that sort of stuff i mean it's it's still true like the music industry is still like it's it's an industry it is still a machine for producing culture but it's like a way it's way more artistic and way more creative and way more freeing for the people involved in it than it has been previously mm -hmm. so it is just it is just like it's somebody who's sitting there and they're just being like and and this is even true in Japan. Like this is this is like you know a sort of common misunderstanding of of J-pop and 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 also K-pop in America is that oh these you know these are just like the manufactured boy bands of twenty years ago. You know these are the Backstreet Boys. They don't they have no musical input. They're just, they just look pretty and they you know and they sing, and you know they they and they dance really well and then they just do whatever they're told. And that's just like not really true about most J-pop and K-pop acts. Um, mm -hmm. And it it perpetuates itself both based on like a just general ignorance of that sort of music industry but also based on like racist orientalist perceptions of like asian collectivism uh, mm -hmm. which is pretty fucked up um but yeah and, and this show of course like its vision of like what an authentic music sounds like isn't weird music which is like that's what's cool to me is artists who are making weird shit with all of the cool tools that we have available their vision is just regressive it's just like what if we go back to what music sounded like a thousand years ago you know what if we went back to you know when somebody could play you know you know a one four five six one progression or a one five six four progression over and over again on an acoustic guitar and sing some bullshit about crying over it, and we would all be like, this is the most beautiful <laughs> song I've ever heard. <laughs> you know, because like, cause like, cause oh, the thing is, is Lord. like, I understand the appeal of singer-songwriter stuff because my favorite band is the Mountain Goats. We touched down in Budapest, headed straight for the motel room. Like, I I totally appreciate spare arrangements and, and, like, simple chord progressions and stuff like that. But the difference is, is that John Darnielle is one of the greatest living lyricists on Earth. 
uh, and Carol and Tuesday write like teenagers. <laughs> like when you do that sort of stuff, if you're trying to be Bob Dylan, you have to be as good at songwriting as Bob Dylan is, and that's really hard. Which is, which is an ongoing problem that the show runs into, which is that like they'll they'll have Angela or Carolyn Tuesday perform a song that's supposed to like wow the audience or wow you know people who are listening, and it's just boring and it doesn't wow me. So why would these people be wowed? You know, yeah. the show has no vision for like why anybody would listen to this music. Uh, it, it it like like it's the audience is never considered except on mass as just like oh this is what they like we're on the billboard charts you know they're considered as a crowd but like we never get a picture of like what this music means to the people who listen to it you know or like why people like it it's just considered like a fact of existence that these songs just get played by a bunch of people regardless of demographic or regardless of inch of prior interests you know like it's just like like a virus ugh. I talked for a while there. Do you have anything to say? <laughs> uh, Angela totally should have kissed her AI version. Yes. Correct. Um, yeah. So like, I mean, we've been sort of bouncing all over the place because there's just, it's like just going there's, through yeah, the show there's, there's, in order. There's no of... plot to follow. Yeah. It's like, it's just, it's, it's like, it's a, it's a slice of life without the interpersonal conflicts. It's, yeah. It's, it's, uh yeah like that that was one of the things that was cool about kids on the slope is is the way that it very i think realistically depicted these sorts of interpersonal dramas between these teenagers and and that was contrasted with the way that the music that they made helped them escape you know Mm, but carol and tuesday don't have any problems right i mean like yeah when watching this i was just like can i just stop watching this and like watch place further than the universe or like something again like any sort of slice of lifey thing where the characters actually are interesting and yeah. have like interesting dynamics with each other and th- like oh, it's just it was it was so so bizarre that like they just didn't fucking bother yeah they just don't and like like there's there's some like so there there's a couple of like one of one of the weirdest ways in which this show has sort of a limited imagination for the future is in the way that it uses brands um because oh, so God, right. so yeah so like for instance like these girls post on Instagram not like an Instagram analog they post on Instagram they call it Instagram you know like the well actually they call it Insta uh but they they call it Instagram uh like how Carol calls Tuesday too yeah, uh, you Which know, and, and uh, you know, they, they in an early episode, I, this did slightly endear me to the show, because there's nothing I love more than a fake Wikipedia article. Uh, <laughs> but they do, they, they pull up a Wikipedia article on, on one of the people in, in the show. Like, they just, they just do that. They call it a Wikipedia article, you know, like they... But then there's other weird, you know, and like late, later on in the show, like when, when Carol and Tuesday actually start getting famous, they get requests for interviews from Rolling Stone, Pitchfork, and The Guardian. <laughs> you know? Like, and it, it's, yeah. it's just like... like and, and then they play at fucking South by Southwest. Yeah, they, get, they play a fucking gig at South... Sa- which, 
that fucking that one broke me because like so <laughs> at the very least so one of the funniest things in this show is that all of these people consistently use the phrase Mars Grammys as though it's not <laughs> fucking hilarious and absurd and stupid and then they they have like the guy presenting the Mars Grammys in like the second to last episode and he's like and, and he's like welcome this is the 21st Mars Grammys since the Grammys which began on Earth are now on Mars and I'm like get that exposition in there my man he's 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 uh he's making the most of his screen time uh and but like at least that has some sort of like context or like some sort of explanation south by southwest southwest of where it's called south by southwest because it happens in texas on Earth, which keep in mind, we had- still exists because Gus is from Texas. And, he says <laughs> and so is Toby. And so is Toby. <laughs> he, he recognizes that Toby is from Texas because of his hat. <laughs> yeah, he puts on a cowboy hat. Gus is like, that hat is from Texas. That's <laughs> <laughs> the stupidest fucking thing. It's so dumb. It's so dumb. They wear cowboy hats in places other than Texas. And then, and then, yeah. And then he's like, "Is that a Newman microphone?" Yeah, just no, like the, that. That scene. How many is, brands were they trying to squeeze in? Like, that did they have scene a quota? Is out of control because they're like, "We can't, we can't afford to rent a studio. Where are we gonna record it?" And. <laughs> Toby like whistles and his dog walks over with and it's worth noting and he hands him like a Neumann like U67 which it's worth noting is a $5,000 microphone (laughs) that this dog is just carrying around in his mouth see if this show had like intentionally leaned into that sort of absurdity what there, could it have been? Yeah, I mean, like, there are a couple of moments. Like, that dog moment is, is genuinely really funny. Or the Erdogan beatboxing thing. Like, there, there are a couple of moments where the show, like, realizes what it is. And then it, like, quickly goes back to being boring. But, like, there, it just... Almost every time Erdogan is on screen is 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 good. Um, because the show, like, realizes, like, oh, we can have a little bit of fun with this. Because the other thing... And the thing that all of these brands reveal, in addition to having a complete lack of imagination, because there are also other instances, we both lost our minds at this. I actually said fuck you out loud at the camera when they go, they go on like a daytime talk show, Carolyn Tuesday, and the... <laughs> Like it's like a camera shot on this guy. He's like sitting in like the Windows XP default background, uh, and then the title card dropped, and it says Alan in the Ellen DeGeneres show font, but it's, it's Alan, not Ellen DeGeneres. I saw Alan, and I said, "Fuck you." I just... I, I definitely made some sort of sound. <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck, but it's like, man? But, and that made me imagine like an alternate universe where this was Futurama, and it was actually hosted by Ellen DeGeneres' head in a jar. Uh, <laughs> you know, because like like Futurama gets away with it by just being fully absurd and just being like, yeah, president, the president is Richard Nixon's head in a jar, sure. Um, you know, like like we'll we'll do that. Um, you know, or just like, or Bojack Horseman, which gets away with it because it's set in, you know, like an alternate universe version of our world. So like they, the people in Bojack Horseman are not people from our world, but they're analogs of people from our world. And they make jokes about like smartphones and Instagram and stuff like that because all that stuff exists in their world. Um, 
and and it, it it is it makes it a much more effective like satire and and like sort of comedy about like the film and television industry, which is it's, what it's, it's a about. Close possible world, if you will. Yeah, except yeah, where everyone's an animal person, except for some people who aren't animal people. <laughs> um, but yeah, and it, it it's, it's just like this show. I, I just don't know what this show wants to be because partly it wants to be like a fictional biopic about like these fictional musicians who like have right. a, like a career arc that goes interesting places you know wants to be that which is on its own potentially an interesting idea not maybe the most interesting idea but potentially could be kind of good um but instead of doing that carol and tuesday just don't have any problems or any challenges like you know angela is the one who gets all the challenges like <laughs> She, she yeah, like, she gets addicted to Zannies. Yeah, by the end of the shit. show. So like, there's there's a so so f- f- I we started playing Metal Gear Solid on stream the other day, and there's a scene in this where where Dahlia uh, just like straight up keels over and has a heart attack, and I immediately wrote like she's she's been infected with fox dye, um, <laughs> which you don't understand, Alex, because we haven't gotten to that part of the know. game yet, but. Um, yeah, like, she just keels over and has a heart attack, and then, like, while she's in the hospital, Angela, like, sits in her apartment and does an impossible amount of Xanax. Like, she's just, like, because she, like, and, so I don't, I don't understand. They say it's it's something else. What, like, they say she was on too many. They say painkillers, and, uh, because she was on painkillers, there's also a bottle, it doesn't say fentanyl on it, but it clearly is fentanyl, because it says citrus injection. Um, and I forget what it, the, the fake fentanyl that they come up with is, um, but I forget what they also say, but they, but they, yeah, they, they don't directly say, but so like one, I don't understand how this person like lives her life because she has like, so in, uh, they wanted to have it be like a mess to like represent how she's a mess. Um, so they put like a bunch of boxes and like bo- boxes of of Xanax, which on the side of them say Zanny, <laughs> uh, and then like a bunch of like these like you know pharmaceutical like uh, jars of of injectable fentanyl uh, on her table. But like most of them, and like they're all like torn open and scattered everywhere. But like there's still a bunch of pills, and it, there's still like just a bunch of pills everywhere. And I just I don't understand like. If she opened them up, why didn't she take the pills? And like, <laughs> like, why are there just all these pills everywhere? Because they want, because like, obviously they couldn't just have like forty boxes of empty boxes of Xanax because nobody could take that much Xanax and not die. But they wanted to have like a bunch, and they like, what they should have done is like, in addition to that, just have like a bunch of like empties, like tins of beer around, because that's something right. that you can drink a bunch of and not die. But. <laughs> <laughs> they wanted it to be sadder, so they just have her with like forty boxes of Zanny, which are all have all been ripped open and their pills scattered everywhere, but none of the pills have been consumed. <laughs> it's it's a baffling scene. There's all sorts really of just is. other like little things that drove me nuts. Like so, they talk about there's there's two dates that are mentioned specifically in this show, which are Christmas and new year's day which then just set me on like a weird spiral of like how 
the Martian year is longer than the Earth year. Are they just using the Earth calendar, or did they did they reassign these things to dates on Mars? And if so, are there more months in the Martian year? And then it's like there's other baffling things. Like okay, well they haven't terraformed Mars because Mars still kind of looks like Mars, but like they can just there's no bubble around like the city that they're in, and they can just walk around. So like how does that work? And then they, there's like a terrorist attack on a weather a quote unquote weather plant. Which, at, at, <laughs> and I'm like, how does that, like, if, it's, 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 the show has put zero thought into its, like, world, or how it works, or how people mm-hmm. in the mm-hmm. world interact with, uh, it's, I mean, that's, that's what I'm saying, it, 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 the same, it, it, just like it put no thought into, like, it's reason for existing. Yeah. Uh, you say I'm being too charitable by, by saying that this, this was just like a money grab, but like, it's the easiest explanation for why there was zero thought put into any aspect of this show. I guess, I guess it is. It is like the easiest explanation is that Shinichiro Watanabe, like his name is on it, but he basically had nothing to do with it. Um, you know, but yeah. And it's, Oh, there's just, there's so, there's so much. There's so much in this show. Um, yeah, it's it, it like it just spends so much time spinning its wheels. Like the first like five episodes of the mm-hmm. show are just like them doing stuff and then like it failing and then being like, oh well, you know. And then like they start at the fucking uh, they go to the music. Yeah, they go to the music festival and then they go to to Mars Brightest, which is like X, the X Factor but on Mars. Mm-hmm. Um, and they they comp- and then that takes up six whole episodes. <laughs> um, there's also an insane thing at the end of of episode twelve, which is the episode that ends the the tournament arc, um, where they like Carol and Tuesday they uh like Tuesday just got kidnapped and then they get re- she get she gets rescued with help from her brother and then. And, like, some random old guy. I think he, that random old guy is actually one of the, like, fucking metal old dudes who I would also watch an entire show about. Oh, yeah, the metal old dudes. Yeah, they're, they're one of the other contestants. They're called the, the the Fire Brothers, something like that. And they're just these, like, two, like, hundred-year-old dudes with huge guitars who play, like, screaming thrash metal. Uh, it's very good. I would totally watch a show about them. Um, and... Yeah, and, and, and then they make it back, and then they make it back in time, like, just in time, and then they're like, well, you weren't here when the show started, so we have to disqualify you. And then it's like, <laughs> well, how? Okay, so, like, literally, I want to ask you a question. Literally, how would anybody watching this show at home know that they weren't here on time, unless you told them? Because they don't have access to the backstage footage, they only know what's on stage. So it makes right, zero right. difference from a television perspective whether they show up five minutes before the performance or whether they show up the previous day. <laughs> like it, 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 it doesn't make. S- and then, so like they're saying this, and it's like, like as though it's like some sort of like principled like t- Olympics level tournament, and not like a fucking cheap television like talent show. And the other thing is like, why does television still exist in the future? Like television still exists now. <laughs> Why? Like, we're set, we're setting up, like, a new society on Mars, and we're like, oh, what do we gotta have? We gotta have television. Like, fucking, who needs that shit? Yeah. 
The other, and there's, there's just all this, these other baffling decisions. Like they, in order to like represent, like, oh, a bunch of people are seeing this. Like they have like this, like Times Square place in the big city that they live in, and they show like the videos on this big screen. But it's like, but if you've yeah. ever actually been to Times Square, those videos don't have sound because that wouldn't make sense because the place is too loud that you couldn't possibly hear it. <laughs> so like, there's just a music. Like you don't, if you actually go to Times Square, you like never see music videos playing on the billboards because it, it would just be people dancing with no sound. Like, you can't install speakers there because it's a fucking noise ordinance. Like, <laughs> that doesn't make sense. <laughs> God, this fucking show. The only, the only good billboard in uh, Times Square, and I don't know if it's still there, but it was there for quite a while, which is just this billboard. It's an enormous, just like animated billboard where just like an, a giant M&M like stands there and looks down on people. And every time I see it, I just think that it's going to start saying, welcome to City 17. <laughs> <laughs> you have chosen or been chosen to relocate to one of our finest remaining urban centers. <laughs> oh, God. So after, let's see, have we talked about the ending? Not the real, not that it really exists. We, can, we should talk a little bit about the um, politics stuff leading up to this, because it is kind of important to what, okay. to what makes this show so bad, which is that like, so, so Valerie, who is, is Tuesday's mom, and she's running as, like, the Republican candidate. Why do Republicans still exist? Yes, so, why do they, yeah, so she, why do they have Republicans the on Mars? Why did we decide to bring, of all things, to Mars Republicans? <laughs> all right. So she's, the, she's the, the classic, like, liberal conception of a right-winger, which is, like, well-intentioned, but but misguided and so of, co- of course because that's incoherent that like if if everyone's well-intentioned misguided who's the one doing the misguiding and that's so you have to have like one irredeemable motherfucker yeah and that's like that's the little yeah the little bannon gremlin um who's um, who's pulling the strings and he's yeah he's uh, telling her to like oh you've got to like and then, it, like the sort of the thing is, is that like he tells her like, "Oh, you need to like in the presidential debate talk about how," and it's like it's a, like a cartoon version of a presidential debate. Like everybody's like being so civil, and <laughs> stuff like that. Like like not every presidential debate is like the last one. Uh, that w- the the Joe Biden Donald Trump one, which was like a fucking it was like a fucking crazy frog nightmare. Uh, it was oh, it was horrible. Um, but but like even before then, like even if you go back like ten years ago and look at like the Obama like like the Obama Romney debates or like yeah the uh, the Obama John McCain debates, it's like it's nothing like this. It's just it's it's like it's just a child's idea of what people talk about in a presidential debate. Uh, and like so, she needs to introduce this like it's, it's so nebulous because they keep conflating these two things of like her talking about we need to stop admitting refugees from Mars, which of course. Like, you from Earth. Like, when 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 right wingers say stuff like that, they don't use the word refugee. No, no. Like when 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 like Donald Trump says stuff like that, he says Mexico is sending rapists and and they're sending drugs and they're sending crime. Like he says that. He doesn't say 
like, we need to stop accepting refugees. Because, obviously, that's insane. So, like, you have to, like, you have to, like, couch it in, like, they, they always use the term illegal immigrant. And then she starts using that a little later, and, like, people start using that a little bit later in the show. But it starts... It starts off as them talking about we need to stop admitting refugees, which is just like the like full mask off fascist. And then like and then like her her like they have this is like the minorest of minor complaints. But on they have this like big it looks like they have this like room that they hang out in where they watch poll results. It's like their war room and it looks like the fucking room where they have the lightsaber fight with Darth Maul at the end of the first <laughs> at the end of uh, <laughs> the Phantom Menace. Uh, and it looks like that and there's like a graph that shows like a 538 ass like poll graph in the background and you can see it and then there's points where both candidates percentages go down and i don't understand what that's supposed to represent like is that just did you both say something so bad that people decided that they weren't gonna vote i wasn't paying enough attention to I, even notice that well because like the thing is, is that i was so uninterested in the dialogue that i started paying attention to the backgrounds and just paying attention to this uh, other stuff and i noticed and i like it took a couple of scenes in that room for me to look at the graph and notice like that graph doesn't make sense <laughs> like when you, if you look at like the 538 graph it's a graph of who's of like percentages and so both candidates have to add up to 100 percent of likely voters that's how these polls work is because they're polling likely voters and seeing which candidate they're going to vote for it's oh <laughs> um but yeah and then so like of course like tuesday has his brother whose name is i think spencer Spencer. Um, it is. It's also pretty funny how like all of the names in this are just like they're not quite like Bob's and Dugnut levels, um, <laughs> but they are just like pull an American name out of a hat. Um, you know, like people are still going to be named Gus in a thousand years. Um, the society has progressed beyond the need for Gus. Yeah, which of course, like someone who's like as uptight. And like, like buttoned up as Valerie, who named her son Spencer, would name her daughter Tuesday. <laughs> that's like, that's some hippy dippy shit. <laughs> um, and so then they, um, and so then it, it like escalates, and like in one of the episodes, Tuesday starts talking to this journalist guy who I think, I think his name is Kyle. He looks like Drew Scanlon. Um, oh yeah, that, that, that's when the show decided to fully like say fuck you to like the gays uh and like gave tuesday this stupid like schoolgirl crush on kyle yeah which also like doesn't go anywhere she has it for like half an episode and then she sees him like with his girlfriend and yeah. cries yeah and then she cries and she goes walking through the streets and then she hugs carol and then the problem's over yeah. um, <laughs> you know and like carol also has this like schoolgirl crush on ezekiel um yeah. Yeah. but that one makes sense because they're like childhood friends. Uh, yeah, they're yeah. childhood friends, and they're like actually the same age. Uh, and Ezekiel is actually cool. <laughs> uh, yeah, Kyle's just a fucking Twitter journalist. Yeah, he's very much a Twitter journalist. You know, I mean, I mean, the show very much participates in like the he, he, the, the he, sort he of write, de he, like, delusion. He, like he writes for the Intercept. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like he yeah he writes for the Mars Intercept. Uh, but he, yeah, he's he, like it's it's very much participating in the illusion of like, well, if they just 
which is like this show was made in 2019. How could they possibly think that exposing a scandal about a Republican presidential candidate would do anything when literally a month before the election in 2016, the fucking tape of Donald Trump saying he likes to grab women by the pussy came out and he still won and was president for four years. Yeah. yeah. Like it, like, like that dude, just everybody was just putting him on blast for his fucking fake university and his stupid stakes that they sold the sharper image and like all of his fucking crimes that he did and the fact that he was definitely doing tax evasion, but we can't quite prove it and all this stuff and the fact that he like definitely raped his ex-wife and all this stuff and like nobody cared and he was still our president for four years and they're just like, ah, but surely if we put, if we put her on blast for, you know, all these illegal transactions that his companies are doing... People won't. People won't vote for her. Yeah, it's just, it's just pure, it's just like peak liberal brain worms. Yeah, and then like, so yeah, so then while so like Tuesday starts talking to Kyle, who Kyle clearly just wants to talk to Tuesday because he wants to get like more evidence against Valerie for his like hit piece. Yeah. Um, yeah. And um, and then there's like a terrorist attack at a quote unquote weather plant, which like <laughs> yeah. okay, so like. I don't know why they chose to do this because like so they blew up a weather plant and the worst thing that happens is that it gets a little cold for a few days which is a shitty terrorist attack um <laughs> you're bad at doing terrorism because and like like the first thing that they say is oh the plant was unmanned so nobody was hurt and it's like what like fucking who does trying, terrorism it's, it's, to not it's, kill people this, this goddamn show trying to be topical all the time now it's now it's making a copycat of the the, the whole at&t bomber jesus christ yeah it's 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 very like it's a huge <laughs> it's a huge explosion and then like it turns out that fucking 9-11 was an inside job and that like it's because like which is is like fucking the weather plant bombing was literally an inside job and literally this fucking steve bannon pollster guy who's manipulating valerie like literally just paid some <laughs> the other <laughs> the other uh the other thing that they talk about is they're like this this is probably a terrorist attack by anti-mars forces <laughs> um, which like have because like Mars is obviously a stand-in for the United States, but like no newscaster, like even in the halcyon days of of terrorism reporting, would report it as a terrorist attack by anti-America forces. <laughs> like it's it's like it's just like oh my god, why would you write that sentence? <laughs> but they um. Yeah, and and so Steve Steve Bannon like literally paid some quote unquote anti Mars forces, <laughs> uh, and then like like the political stuff starts starts escalating because like so so Carol meets Ezekiel at uh, the music festival that they're playing at, um, and Ezekiel like pretends to not know her, and then they they go and hang out and skateboard. Um, for some reason, uh, and then he's like, "You're gonna want to stay away from me. I'm gonna release a song tomorrow. It's gonna be, it's you know, it's gonna be like a bomb dropping. You know, you're you're not gonna want to be around me." And then like the song is like the limpest, fucking like worst shit. Like it's it's like it's like a cartoon impression of what like political hip hop sounds like to somebody who has never heard a political hip hop song. <laughs> it's yeah it's 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 fucking dire it's bad like i feel bad for like 
there's two possibilities. Either they wrote those lyrics and they gave them to Denzel Curry to say them, which I feel bad for him if that's the case. And then secondly, because he's a good rapper, I like him, and he's he's a good lyricist. Like, so he wouldn't write those lines that are that bad unless he was under duress. <laughs> you know? It's, yeah. We- yeah, it, no, it's, it's like one of those posts about like, oh, Den- Denzel Curry's only do this when they're extremely depressed. It's not cute. <laughs> yeah, like it's it's just like the rapping itself is fine. Like the flow is fine, but the bars are just atrocious. Uh, and it's it's just like the limpest shit. Like it's because like the when I think about like political hip-hop over the past decade and and the, the two songs that i think of are fuck donald trump by yg which is a great song uh and straight into the point um and uh, all right by kendrick lamar and this song is like neither of those and it's like nothing it's just it's <laughs> like it really it's is somebody nothing. trying to write like it's it's somebody with lib- terminal liberal brain trying to write a like aggressive political hip hop song, um, but like they have no concept of like it's the same thing as like like when you see I mean like you see people on Twitter who like can just make up stuff that they think leftists believe because they have make no, up a guy you know <laughs> yeah you make up a new type of guy you know because they have no <laughs> idea what leftists believe or want because they don't think to care about that because they're we, they just consider us to be obviously wrong yeah you know and it's, it, and it is, so it's just like okay well what would this like guy what would this guy say oh he says start a riot express yourself you know and it's like those are two different songs you'd never like you never heard any like Zach Laurent at the Rage Against the Machine song never said express yourself <laughs> He said some of those workforces are the same that burn crosses. Like that's a way more like uh It's yeah, it's it's and then yeah, and then and then so like we were talking about like how they kind of accidentally represent police brutality. Yeah, because they do but like but yeah. like the episode before they do this, they Ezekiel is in jail as as awaiting deportation and he says to the guards hey film me and they do they do (laughs) and they they like i don't know they like and and he releases his second track from prison with the full cooperation of like the prison guards yes the most insane thing it, it's so upsetting it, that that was in particular just like very offensive to me not like offensive but just like just uh, infuriating because so earlier this this year the rapper jakeo the ruler released an album called thank you for using gtl which he actually recorded from prison over the prison phone 
Um, oh, right. Um, and that album is great. Um, and it's like that is something that would be like it it like you see like the just the contrast between this this show is just like cartoon imagining of how things work versus like the actual reality of this guy who has this rapper who has been held in prison for two years without being a even accused of any crime because the basically the cops are trying to prove that he's a criminal because he raps about crime yeah you know and it's like and like that is the reality and this show's reality is like oh this guy you know like th- th- there's like this slight implication of like oh he had it coming like he knew what was coming because he made he made this provocative rap song where he says express yourself uh, <laughs> you know and so na- and then you know nobody who like literally on the backs of the, those cop shirts like he's literally with mars ice because literally on the back of their shirts it says mice <laughs> I looked at that and I was like, they're literally Mars ice. Like, that's not a joke. They're Mars ice. They fucking called them that. They fucking called them mice. And they're like, oh, they don't really want to be doing this. Like, when in reality, if you look at ice uh, officers, they're all racist motherfuckers who, like, get an immense amount of joy out of stepping on the necks of people of color. Like, that's just who these people are. Like, you wouldn't sign up to do that job if you didn't get a kick out of, like, being the jackbooted thugs busting into somebody's house to take their parents away. But this show, like, oh, so, so after that, and then Skip gets arrested. We talked about that, and we talked about, like... It's like sort of recasting of like, like struggles for racial justice and struggles against police brutality as like an issue of like personal expression, which is just fuck you, just fuck you and die, please. Um, you know, there's no historical context to any of this, you know, like, because they obviously, like, I, some kernel in their back of their mind, like, knows how this works because they have these sorts of arrests happen to the two black men artists in the show yeah. like so some like colonel well, in the back of their mind understands but then like the the, the part of their mind that's actually writing doesn't get well, it yeah i mean it's 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 like they it's like i mean same thing with like like centrist liberals like they they see the sequence of events that happen but have no understanding of why and so they impose their own fiction on it and it becomes completely bonkers yeah it's yeah and so so after that they decide that in order to preserve freedom of expression and to stop valerie because like now kyle has like all of this stuff this information about that he wants to leak in this big story um about and which he's like and, and, and tau gets into the game too yes like. there's the tau scene because he like he's like there's a couple of scenes of tau like shots of tau like he's in like a basement like telling his ai to hack the gibson or whatever uh and then there's there is straight up just the fucking scene from the dark knight where batman like hacks all the cell phones and then like uh, and then morgan freeman unplugs the computers and walks out 
Like, <laughs> like it's literally an exact copy of that shot of the fucking shot where all the computers turn off in the Dark Knight. Yeah. So Tal gets Tal gets into the game because like Steve Bannon tries to recruit him for Valerie's campaign. He's like, no, and he's like, you will regret this. And then that one walrus man who, who, in, who invested in Angela uh, was like, Tal, you have to do this. And he's like, nah. And the guy's like, you will regret this. And then they have him arrested on some trumped up charges and he goes underground and hacks the Gibson. Yeah, he hacks the Gibson and he, he, it's literally the fucking Dark Knight cell phone surveillance scene. Um, but like without, like even, because like in the Dark Knight, there is even like the Dark Knight clearly thinks that Batman is a very cool dude for being able to do this. But also, like, there's this sort of slight, like, question of, like, but is it really justified? In this one, he's just, he hacks the Gibson, and, like, I don't, I can't even quite tell what he's doing in that, in that sequence, because he's, like, he's, like, hacking to the fucking, the, crank the torque on the nitro. Um, yeah, I mean, like, and, it's just, like, Tetris effect, like, in the background. It's yeah. Like if, it's, like, if, if, like, if Tron was... You you put was was like playing Tetris Effect instead of driving those little like polygon tanks around. Yeah, and then he's like published all the information and then shut down their AI and then he unplugs the computer. He doesn't unplug the computer. He's like, all right, shut down. And he walks out and the computers turn off. Um, and it's and then like it like on fucking WikiLeaks shows up. They don't say WikiLeaks unfortunately, but they. Or perhaps for the best, but they're like, oh, all this leaked data about all these illegal transactions, and then like the government like arrests this guy, and he's like, and it's like it's so cartoonish because it's like this is the same government that is so eager to like beat down on musicians for quote unquote freedom of expression that it starts doing it before the person who's going to implement that bill actually gets elected, and then all, but also like they're gonna just arrest this guy uh, who's in charge of this big company because of all of his illegal transactions. You know, like, oh, like they're gonna like fucking do that and not just like hem and haw about it, right? Forever, right, right. like like they would in real life, because um, none of those people ever get caught for anything. Um, yeah, and then and then Spencer, who is Tuesday's brother, starts talking about starts talking to Kyle about like I don't, you know, I, I'm worried about how my mom feels about all about all of this stuff, and I'm worried about how she's gonna feel, you know, when we, you know, put her on blast for being a fascist. <laughs> Uh, and I'm just like screaming at my computer, like who the fu- who fucking cares? And then of course, like what happens is is that like Carol and Tease they like decide with the power of music, like this it, it is just like this sort of it's this sort of centrist delusion that like the thing that like it, it like everybody has had this delusion since the 1960s, and it's like oh the thing that made the civil rights movement happen and the Vietnam War and all that stuff it was it was obviously musicians and journalists like those were the important people in the 1960s. It was Bob Dylan and I don't fucking know any journalists. Bob Woodward, <laughs> yeah. Um, but the yeah, Bobs. like yeah, the, I love the Bobs. Um, you love know, but Bobs. like if you actually like first and foremost, music that is political in nature doesn't cause political revolts it is that music is a result of political unrest not a cause of political unrest yeah you know like first and foremost you know like 
And then secondly, like, I mean, obviously, if you look back historically, you know, and there's a ton of writing on this in Manufacturing Consent by Noam Chomsky about how the overwhelming majority of journalists during the Vietnam War were just like ate up the government's shit and republished it as though it was obviously true. You know, despite the fact that there were people, for instance, you know, like the official government line was that the Tet Offensive went, you know, it was a huge victory for the, the U.S. and the Vietnam War was going great. And there were tons of journalists who were on the ground in Vietnam and who, you know, were doing all sorts of other, you know, research and investigation who were publishing you know articles about how like that was completely false but you know you look at like the new york times washington post these like papers of record in this country and they were all just you know swallowing whatever the government told them to swallow and regurgitating it for you know the general public so that it wasn't until you know later in the war with the pentagon papers when we actually found out that oh the Tet offensive was really bad um you know and like those pentagon papers were broken by journalists but like the vast majority of journalists were totally pro-war uh, mm-hmm. Or at the very least, mm-hmm. totally fine with the war, you know, like in exactly the same way as, you know, 30 years later, uh, you know, you saw with, I mean, the first war in Iraq and then also the second war in hey. Iraq, especially, um, mm-hmm. you know, with journalists just like fucking just whole wholesale, just like publishing whatever bullshit Ahmed Chalabi wanted to wa- wanted them to on the front page of the New York Times, yep. uh, like just fucking whatever. You know, so it's it's and but like in this show, like journalists are like, you know, these these forces of good in the world and they they publish the stuff that know that changes the world because like fucking because like the thing is, is that only centrists read the news. Like, only centrists <laughs> follow journalists or care about journalism at all, and nobody else does. Um, so, like, they assume, because it affects their opinion, that it affects everybody's opinion, and that everybody knows yeah. this stuff. You know, so they have this delusion that, like, all of the all, all the stuff that... But, like, the reality is, is that when journalists publish, like, stuff that's like, Donald Trump is bad! You know, every, the only people who read it are like, yeah, he sure is. Like, nobody's gonna read that who's gonna be like, oh, wow, Donald Trump is bad? <laughs> I, I didn't know. Thank God there was a journalist to tell me. <laughs> uh, and are, you, are you especially mad about this because of the games journalism from today? Oh, I mean, like that's bad. I mean, I, I like games journalism is 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 uh, its own special bit of 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 garbage trash. Um, you know, written by self-important losers. Uh, but I mean, you know, I, I, I'm always mad about this, um, as, as you should be, uh, but yeah, so, so like Frosty. there, <laughs> stay salty, <laughs> I'm just imagining the fucking Dos Equis most interesting man of the world, stay salty, my friends, <laughs> stay salty, gamers, that, that's our new sign off, yeah. um, but yeah, so of course, like, Spencer is, like, and then they come to a compromise, like, it, like, because, like, the thing is, is anytime there's any tension in the show between different characters, it's, like, immediately resolved, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, Spencer and Kyle are, like, at odds because Spencer want, doesn't want to, like, put his mom on blast, and it's, like, that's an understandable character motivation thing. Um, you know, like, I, I understand where he's coming from because he's still fundamentally, like, a conservative rich boy. Like, just because he yeah. doesn't want to deport yeah. everybody doesn't mean that his politics aren't fucked up. Um... Mm-hmm. You know, and, and Kyle, so, like, him coming at odds with Kyle, who obviously has sort of more radical ideas about, like, or, or is, is really interested in putting this stuff out and doesn't really care about Valerie's feelings because he has no reason to. But then immediately, like, that tension is resolved because Kyle tells a sob story about his mom. And then they're, like, they're, like, walking on a bridge and then, like, two guys in sunglasses 
uh, like walk up from either side of them, and he's like, Jerry's guys are here, and then they jump off the bridge. Jerry is Steve Bannon. Yeah. Uh, uh, the yeah. guy is Michi. But yeah, and, and, and so like it's just immediately resolved, and then they immediately come to this like compromise. It's like, oh, okay, well, can you please... Uh, I'll show the stuff to my mom it's right before you go to do this performance, right before you go to, to put it on blast, uh, put her on blast. And if she, uh, and then please don't release it if she agrees to like drop out of the, uh, drop out of the race. And he's like, okay. Uh, because like, so the thing is, is that they decide to release this story and all this stuff in sync with a concert that Carol and Tuesday are putting on where they're going to perform a song that they wrote with a bunch of other, basically every other musician in the show. Um, and they decide it's, to... it's, it's the everyone piles in for a huge party. Yeah, it's yeah. As if as if Ertigun wouldn't be like a reactionary piece of shit who would like <laughs> <laughs> who, would, who would totally like like not participate. I have, sli- I have slightly more faith in Ertigun. Um, I mean, he's like, an asshole, but like he, he's an asshole. He, he reminds me a lot of Bojack Horseman in that, like he is personally like an, he, a, an asshole, like but he, like, I like he totally is on like like goes on Joe Rogan's like <laughs> that. That I will agree. I would totally agree that Eric would go on Joe Rogan. Would go on Mars Joe Rogan. <laughs> Mars Joe Rogan. Now it's fifth year after coming from. <laughs> What, like, in the spirit of Alan, what would they call Joe Rogan on Mars? <laughs> oh, fuck. Uh, Let's get back to you on that one. <laughs> yeah, please email in with uh, with what you think they would call Joe Rogan on Mars. Uh, it's just Mars Joe Rogan. I, I would love it if it was just like, Mars Joe Rogan. Like, that would... <laughs> Like, like that would be so much better if it was just hosted by Joe Rogan's head in a jar. I did just look at our email, and I can't, we have one email, and it's from Google account, and it says, "Anime, you have new privacy suggestions." <laughs> yeah, uh, please. Uh, practice good opsec when watching anime. You don't want your employers or loved ones to learn that you are watching anime. Yes. Uh, so uh, we 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 are sponsored by NordVPN. Put in code. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, and so so like so they're and then but then like the concert just winds up being for no reason because Valerie is like she sees the stuff and then she's like oh no and then she calls Steve Bannon and she's just like. And she's just like, uh, fuck you, I'm dropping out of the race. Because obviously her heart yeah. was in the right place the whole time. Which is just like, obviously, if you were the sort of person who was willing to say that we should stop accepting refugees from Earth and stop immigration from Earth and end our trade agreement with Earth and do all of this stuff. Yeah, fuck your heart. to win. Like, fuck you. Like, you're not going to... Now, oh, this guy pulled a terrorist attack that was too much for me. But, like, okay, but, like, first and foremost, like, all of that other shit that you said, like, it doesn't matter if you weren't, like, wholeheartedly into it. You were... Like, it still makes you a bad person that you were willing to say it to win. Mm-hmm. You know, because, like, obviously, yeah. like, like so it, it, it is just this sort of, like, delusional idea of how politics works because it's like, well, she's... You, you run for president because you have policies that you want to implement. You know, you want to steer the government in a certain direction. That's why you do that. Um, but she wants to run for president because she wants to be famous. 
<laughs> like, I mean, honestly, that's yeah, because like, like Steve, because like that's what Steve Bannon says to her about it is that like, oh well, if you if you lose, you'll just be a normal person again, and it's like, no, you won't. You have to live in an enormous mansion. Like, I mean, honestly, if that's if that if if she's the Trump stand-in, that's actually kind of realistic. that is a pretty yeah, that is pretty realistic. But she like the thing is that she's not like Trump in any other way. She's like really right. buttoned up and straight laced, and she doesn't you know, like she doesn't like she just doesn't act like her policies are clearly like a trump pastiche but she doesn't behave like him she's not a parody of him in any other way but and but yeah but like yeah she fires steve bannon and so like like the the this group jam session that has been like foreshadowed as like the seven minute miracle at the beginning of every single episode of the show happens and like it's boring yeah this would like it's like fucking it's live aid, like it's yeah yeah that, that's what I, oh that's what I was trying that's the name I was trying to remember you know or like it's it's not it's less like live aid because at the very least there was that queen performance at live aid that was cool it's like more yeah. like it's like fucking it's like fucking we are the world you know oh god you know yeah. um yeah. or it's just like a bunch of musicians who don't have anything in common with each other except that they just generally dislike bad things um <laughs> all get together to make a terrible song mm-hmm. you know and it's mm-hmm. and it's just mm-hmm. yeah like like that's that's the problem with those sorts of mass collaborations is that they're always bad because you have all of these people with like their clashing tastes and clashing interests that then have to like come up with something that they can all agree is reasonable to sing on oh and it's yeah it's it's like nobody like nobody would listen to this or watch it like nobody would and it is just sort of an ongoing problem it's like i don't understand who carol and tuesday's music is for i don't understand who likes it the the impression that the the show wants me to get is everybody but like that's not true that's not true about anything that's not true about even the most popular musicians today is that everybody likes them they're for specific kinds of people and we never get any vision into what carol and tuesday's music means for any of these people and and like you know, like, Carol and Tuesday, like, talk to the musicians that they like, you know, uh, Crystal or Flora, and, and they're like, oh, your music got me through some dark times, and it's like, well, how? What? Like, what songs? Like, these people make dumb, catchy pop music. How on earth can that get you through anything? <laughs> you know, like, like it's, it's, it's just this sort of, like, very, it's, it's like somebody who's never listened to music. <laughs> has heard a bunch of people kind of like has been like in the same bar as people talking about music that they like who then decided to write a show about music <laughs> oh fuck uh, it is yeah. it's just it's yeah. despicable um but yeah that's that's how this show ends is with all of this Not stuff being bang. resolved like it, because it doesn't because like of course like the thing is is that it's resolved because the bad person isn't running for president anymore the yeah, underlying it's, it's ten- resolved bef- the underlying tensions are resolved even. there aren't any yeah exactly exactly <laughs> there aren't any underlying reasons why like because it's like oh well her policies are really popular that indicates something about the people of mars you know, that indicates something that needs to be resolved or somebody other than Valerie who has less of a conscience is going to run instead on those same policies and win later. You know, but of course the show isn't concerned about that. It doesn't care about that because it doesn't think about the fact that voters are people or that people have interests or that politics is a thing that exists. You know, like it, it, it is, it's about politics, but it's the most apolitical politics in the world. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. And yeah, there's there's just there's so much more. Like in in the last episode, like they they Carol is like very grateful to her fucking landlord. Um <laughs> who admittedly right. admittedly he is the coolest landlord in the world because he's just this yeah. like fucking like old guy who just like smokes like a long pipe on their doorstep twenty four seven. and as far as I can tell, he 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 doesn't charge her rent because it's 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 his old like it's like a no, she says, you let me stay here unit. for cheap. Oh, not fuck. Free. Okay, never mind. Um, you know, oh, your generosity of extracting value from me for no labor on your own, on your own part, you know, like, fuck, fuck that. You yeah, know, it begins, um, with, begins, with, begins with her telling a, a poor kid to get a job and ends with her thanking her landlord. Yeah, there's, there's also what one of, one of like the poorest taste things in this show is, is Desmond, who is like the David Bowie stand in. Um, right. and he, he dies in the episode where they meet him. Um, oh, uh, no, cause he comes back to life. That's Remember? what I, that's what I was about to say. That's what I was about to talk oh. about. He, oh, so he actually... they make us believe that he died and then right. he comes back later, which just, so there's a song on David Bowie's last album called Lazarus. Oh yeah. Oh uh, Fuck. And the thing that makes that song good, and the thing that is tragic about that song, is of course that David Bowie can't come back. That we lost him in and, 2016 and we'll never have him again. And, and that he knew he was dying when yeah. he recorded that. Yeah. Uh, and that's what's sad about it. And instead, he's just fine? Yeah. Like, he's yeah, just fine. This, yeah, the show has no courage yeah. to do any, for, like, at any point. In any, like, direction. Yeah. It's, ugh. Ugh. Yeah, and there, there's just... Um, I mean, we, we, we've obliquely referred to some of the problems that this show has with its trans characters. And specifically, like, like the premise that this show operates on with Desmond and Dahlia is that being on Mars makes you trans. Oh, right. Yeah, because Desmond... Whole, yeah. Like, yeah... Their hormones. You're, the space radiation alters my hormones, which is just like <sighs> Jesus Christ. It's just like the dumbest thing in the universe. Um, and yeah, and they just con- consistently use like really offensive language to refer to these people, and like, ugh, it's ah. Yeah, I mean, the less said about it, the better, which is why. But like, it should be noted that this is a very transphobic show. Yeah, and yeah, there's, you know, there's some lesbian characters early on in the show that are played exclusively for shock value. (laughs) And rather than the show caring about them in any way, it cares about, like, Gus's feelings that, like, his former, I think it's, like, his his ex-wife or something like that is now a lesbian. You know? Yeah, yeah. And, like, there's all this, like, weird stuff. Like, we were, I alluded to this earlier. Like, the weird stuff when Gus is talking about Flora and when Gus is talking about, like, his former partner and he's like, I should have gone and gotten her back, whatever, no matter what she no matter what she thought about it. And it's like, that's no. No, you shouldn't have. Because they're talking about, because this is when Tuesday gets kidnapped and, like, for some reason they're not talking. And Carol is like, oh, well, maybe she's happy with her family. You know, that's why she's not reaching out to me. And, and... <laughs> And Gus is just like, fuck her feelings. Go get her. And it's like, what is wrong with you? What kind of what? What? 
And, and because the, of course the further thing is that while while Carol doesn't know a ton about Tuesday's past, Carol like literally the last thing that they talked about before Tuesday was kidnapped was Tuesday saying, "I don't want to go back home. I don't like my family." And then she's just and then Carol's just like, "I just don't know. I don't know whether she likes her family or not." You know, like I don't know if she would be, you know. <laughs> <laughs> it, it just it makes zero sense based on the information that we're given about these characters. So, got a book to recommend? I'm looking real quick through the my notes to make sure that I didn't miss anything. You don't, who you don't need to bother with Carol's dad, I don't think. Oh yeah, he gets like five minutes of total screen time, um, mm. and he he looks exactly like the fucking I'm a computer guy from the Fencer films. Um, oh yeah, he's help. I'm a computer. Um, Stop all the downloading. Uh, uh, and yeah, he like they like meet Carol at the laundromat, and then like he's like he like basically obliquely confesses to Carol that he's her dad, and then he promptly exits the show because the show doesn't care about its characters at all. Um, do you have a book to recommend? I don't. <laughs> oh, I do, but I'll, uh, I'll have one shortly. I, I do, in fact. So, yeah, we were talking. We talked about this. Uh, now we talked, bef- like, prior to recording this episode, about how, like, the show does not really try to. Like, you're making a show about music. You have to create music, and it doesn't really try to create good or interesting music especially within its own designated time period which is the future granted that's hard because you have to like invent the music of the future but they don't even try they invent the music of 10 to 30 years ago uh so uh what this made me think of was a book that uh does that does the also takes on the task of like inventing inventing like art for its subject, uh, like f- fictional art, if you will, and it, while also retaining the incredible disdain for its queer characters. <laughs> so I'm going to recommend Possession by A.S. Byatt. Uh, it's a. I take it it's, that it's a qualified recommendation. It is, yes. I think it's like interesting and historically important, but it has a real almost petty like hatred of its of its uh gay characters so it's a what wikipedia calls a historiographic metafiction <laughs> so the like the frame the frame narrative are is these two contemporary uh scholars one the the dude studies a dude poet uh the woman studies a, a female poet uh who were contemporaries, but but no one thought they had any relation in the well, in like the seventeenth century or whenever, whenever they wrote. Uh, these two scholars together uh, discovered that they actually had a secret romance and influenced each other. Uh, and in the course of this novel, uh, A.S. Byatt writes like pages and pages of fictional correspondence, thousands of lines of original poetry attributed to each of these authors. I actually thought like these were real historical characters for the first 50 pages or so when I was reading it until I looked on the Wikipedia because it's so convincing. And so it's incredibly interesting about like, uh, like 
both literary influence and how and how like scholars like possession refers to kind of like the also the possessiveness that scholars feel over their subjects um and how they interpret them and how um they interpret their historical record so it's it's very interesting and like brilliant in some ways but like there's a contemporary like feminist scholar who's just this caricature of a lesbian and then it turns out in the past like this this female poet um like her scholars had assumed she was a lesbian because she never married and lived with another woman that it turns out like the other woman was like unrequitedly in love with her and became and like when she learned about her affair with the male poet got like like obsessive and and insane and like just was the most ridiculous like caricature of like the the spinster lesbian it's 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 just like kind of bizarre like I, that's why that's why i'm still willing to recommend it is because like it seems so tangential to the to the thrust of the book that like this just just this like, weird little like sideline of nastiness uh, that that is like i feel i feel less kind of like upset about it than just kind of confused because it, it's so it's so bizarre and uh, like out of nowhere um but anyway that's that's possession uh by as by it so i am going to recommend uh what terrorists want by louise richardson which is uh it's a nonfiction book about terrorism so louise richardson is irish and she grew up during the troubles and her friends many of her friends were members of the ira uh, which led her to sort of become interested in, you know, terrorism and, and, and especially, like, what are effective responses to terrorism. Um, and this book came out uh, during the Second Iraq War. Um, and it was is a little late, but, um, but, but basically you can, you can tell why this book was written, because it was written by a, like, expert on terrorism at a time when the United States was pursuing a strategy of dealing with terrorists that was bad, um, <laughs> really fucking <laughs> bad, it and it is just, like, there's so much in this book where it just feels like her just, like, sort of seething and just being like, no, you can't, that's not how this works, you're not going to, you can't win that war, you have to, like... Um, it's, yeah, thinking of it as a war that can be won is completely misguided. Yeah. And so she talks specifically about um, the way that the troubles. Um, she talks. She talks about a lot of stuff in this book. She has. She actually interviews a number of terrorists for this book, um, which is really interesting. Um, oh, that reminds me of Terror in the Mind of God by Mark Jurgensmeyer. Jer- he he interviews uh, terrorists in person as well. Yeah. Um, and so she, she interviews, she interviews terrorists, she, you know, does all this stuff and she, so she talks about a bunch, there's a a bunch of really interesting anecdotes in this book. So she's taught, like she's been a college professor teaching about terrorism at, I forget what university she works at for, you know, you know, 20 years, I think at this point. Um, and she talks about how like she started teaching this class on terrorism, um, and it immediately became really, really popular. And the first assignment that she had, has people do for that class is to, research a terrorist group and do a presentation on them um and what she wants them to do is to go and 
uh, read all of this terror, their terrorist recruiting materials. Like if they have a website, you know, read about it, read as much as you can from them about, about themselves. Um, and from people who are, who are related to them about, about them. And universally, every single person giving their presentation would start their presentation by being like, okay, well, I know all of these other groups are terrorist groups, but these guys actually do a lot of really useful stuff for their community. Um, you know, at which, and, and the, the point to be made is that uh, people don't engage in terrorism because they're bad people, and they don't engage in terrorism because uh, they're they're just evil and there's nothing we can do about it. Terrorism is a strategy that is adopted by people who want things because it's effective. Um, mm-hmm. And the only way to deal with terrorism is by understanding what these people want, understanding the ways in which we can basically, to what extent those goals are achievable, um, and trying to reach for compromise where we can achieve a position where everybody can be happy. Um, and she talks specifically about the IRA and how publicly the Thatcher government talked about not negotiating with terrorists and they were very, you know, um, you know, iron-fisted when it come, came to dealing with the IRA. But privately, behind closed doors, the way the troubles were actually ended was as a result of months of secret meetings between the Thatcher administration and the IRA that eventually resulted in the Good Friday Agreement. So none of that bluster about fighting these people or fighting it like it was a war with Ireland amounted to anything except inflaming tensions and making negotiations harder and the thing that they said that they weren't doing but were actually doing was the thing that actually resulted in an end to the troubles and a situation that, while not perfect, basically everybody can live with. Yeah. You know? Um, so yeah, and there's there's a ton in this book that is super, super useful. It contains information not just about uh, the IRA, but also about Al-Qaeda and, and you know... Um, Lots of other sort of related terrorist groups in the Middle East. It contains information about uh, basically the one of one of my favorite questions to like bring up at parties when we talk about this sort of stuff. I don't I don't know what kinds of parties you go to where you talk about terrorism, but <laughs> it happens to me an astonishing amount uh, is to ask people what religion the people who invented suicide bombing and the modern suicide vest were, because the answer is Buddhist. Uh-huh. Um, and nobody will guess that. Uh, but it was, yeah, it was uh, the Tamil Tigers in Sri Lanka who, right, who invented that. Right. Um, and it it challenged it because, of course, like fucking nobody in America knows or cares about the Tamil ethnic conflict in Sri Lanka. Like absolutely nobody gives a shit. Um, despite the fact that it's like important um, and and super relevant and also like the tamil tigers developed a lot of strategies that were later employed by uh other terrorist groups and also the conflict is still ongoing uh mm-hmm. you know read about that if you're if you're interested and so she interviews those people she talks you know and there's there's a lot in this book about suicide bombing and about suicide attacks and about what leads people to go on suicide attacks you know and and it includes a lot of basically like disturbing facts like the fact that like you know, you might you might assume that uh, terrorist groups might have a hard time finding people who want to uh, do do suicide attacks, but the wait list is so long they cannot possibly carry out enough suicide attacks for all of the people who want to do them. Oh God! Um, you know, and she interviews people who are like 
uh, like uh, I think she interviews mainly uh, Tamil tigers who are in- who are like on basically the wait list for suicide attacks and interviews them about uh, and interviews. I think she also interviews, if I recall correctly, like th- basically the guy who's in charge of the suicide attacks for the Tamil tigers. Uh, the suicide attack coordinator. Yeah, uh, and talks wild. to them about like why do you do this? Why do you think people do this? Like, what is the point of this, of the, of this thing? And talks about like why suicide bombing is employed as a strategy. And it's because it's really effective. You don't actually have to kill that many people with a suicide bomb for it to be terrifying because the terrifying thing isn't people dying. It's that these people decided that it was worth killing themselves to kill you. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, it's, yeah, it's, it's a really really good book and it is it's something that we don't talk about as much anymore i feel like terrorism especially after trump got elected and we all just got brainworms uh that we don't really worry about terrorism too much anymore but it it has the conversation about terrorism has dominated much of my life um you know like when i think about politics especially when i thought about politics as a child i often thought about terrorism you know because i grew up as a as a mm-hmm. kid i grew up during the 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 second iraq war and the war in afghanistan um and it this book is really good for confirming a number of my suspicions about terrorism and also just showing how much everything that everybody said to me as a child about terrorists was complete bullshit it's just completely wrong like every like if you've never seriously studied this you probably believe a bunch of stuff about terrorism and terrorists that isn't correct um yeah so you know give it a shot that is what terrorists want by louise richardson uh so i get to decide what we're watching next month i i i don't trust my own judgment anymore so thank goodness for that um well i i uh I decided, uh, so like, on the one hand, I do want to punish you for this. Uh, it wasn't entirely your fault, because you were going off of the poor judgment of some of our friends. It's but true, it was your true. fault. Uh, I, ultimately, I did make the call. You did make the call. Um, so, I may wind up punishing myself for this, but next month we're going to watch Devil Man Cry Baby. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, which is another Netflix anime. Uh, it was directed by Masaki Yuasa, everybody's everybody's favorite so, boy. Yeah, so that's 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 the good the good news. Bad news, Netflix. Yes, so. and I have heard very polarizing things about this show, especially about the ending. But um, I don't really know a ton about it. I know that it, similarly to Carol and Tuesday, tries to tackle some queer themes right. uh, in right. a potentially interesting way. Um, it's up to us. I figure that I am probably less likely to hate the show than you are. Uh, and so we may resurrect our January tradition, uh, at this point of you hating something and me liking Wait, it. Penguin Highway was January? Yeah, it was January. It Holy may have been February, but I believe it was shit. January. Okay. Um... Yeah, and also, speaking of which, this is our last episode of the year, or I guess for it's the last episode of recording, it's the first episode of 2021... We've been doing this podcast for two years. Christ on a bike. Yeah. Um, so if you've been listening, thank you. I don't know why. I'm sorry. You're sorry. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sumimasen. <laughs> uh, very sorry. De- my deepest condolences uh, that you've wasted so much of your time with this show. <laughs> 
<laughs> but also, uh, fuck you. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. The, the podcast is over. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I've been, I've enjoyed doing the podcast uh, as much as I hate watching, hated watching Carol and Tuesday. Uh, and as much of my time as it takes up, uh, it is, it's good. And it's good to, cause you know, as much as we've watched stuff that I've hated, like Carolyn Tuesday or Noir, we've also, I've gotten a lot out of this show. You've gotten less out of it than me. Um, it's, it's, it's been, it's been enlightening in some ways. Yeah. I've gotten a lot out of, cause I've just watched a lot of T I've, I've just watched a lot of TV shows that I've liked. Uh, and you, you, you've watched uh-huh. a, a lot of TV shows that you thought were okay, which is less of a, less of a takeaway. Yeah. Yeah. But you know, uh. I do it with you. So it's all worth it. <laughs> it is all worth it. That is the point of this is that it's a reason for us to hang out. The real, the real anime was the friends we made along the way. The true meaning of Christmas. The, ter- the real jerks. <laughs> <laughs> were us the whole time. <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah, obviously. Uh, uh, yeah. So, Alex, where can people find you on the internet? Let's see, twitter.com, uh, done, done, done. Uh, Mastodon, Catalina at selfie.army, selfie with a Y. And I stream on our new uh, homegrown streaming server uh, at trash.cloud. Twash.cloud. Twash.cloud. It is a it is a project that you and I, as well as friend of the show Alice, have been working on this year. Uh, it's open source, so if you are interested in Rust and or uh, streaming, feel free to to join the party. Yeah. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at profit underscore goddess. You can find me on Mastodon at profit underscore goddess at skeleton dot cool. You can play video games I've made at profitgoddess.itch.io, no underscore. Uh, you can... I stream as well. Uh, I've been trying to stream more on trash.cloud, but it's not gone super well, so I still often stream at twitch.tv slash profit underscore goddess. Uh, you can find the show on Twitter at anime is for jerks. Uh, you could find the show on Mastodon at anime is for jerks at gmail dot... No, no. You can find the podcast on Mastodon at animeisforjerks at skeleton.cool. You can email the podcast at animeisforjerks at gmail.com. Please email us so that I don't have to keep reading automated Google emails as though they're real content. Uh, yeah, tweet at us. Uh, tweet at the show. Email the show. Any of your thoughts. If you liked Carol and Tuesday, write in and we'll make fun of you um, for your terrible, terrible taste. Um uh, so yeah, uh, yeah. Next month we're watching Devil May Cry Baby. I actually don't. It was directed by Masaki Uesa. I don't know what. What studio? What studio produced it? Oh yeah, Science Saro, obviously. Uh, which is Masaki Uesa's studio. Um, and remember, nothing is less important than anime. Good night, everyone. Stay salty, gamers. <laughs> <laughs>